Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Tommy, you found a Paul McCartney slash Beatles song that I can definitely get down with. Love it. I love this song so much. Michael Jackson, man, rest in peace. Welcome back to Nuanas Now. Hope everybody's having an outstanding Friday. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Rajim Seabrook. Joining me in studio as he does each and every Friday. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on a Friday. What do you got going on this weekend? You got you got any big Father's Day plans? You said there's a basketball tournament in town, right? Yeah, yeah man, Missoula basketball's back. That's good. We have there's a great three on three tournament going on at the mall where many many moons ago they started the Garden City Shootout with all the proceeds going to the City Life Center, Sweet. which was a huge thing for people during COVID to be able to play basketball and recreate indoors. Uh, I know a lot of kids that are going to be there tomorrow. A bunch of middle schoolers. Um, what's up to Sloan? She'll be playing tomorrow, and there's a couple of other up and coming St. Joers. It's a great opportunity. Get out, support your community, go see some good basketball. And uh, I don't know. Enjoy the sun and just get out again. It's nice. It's nice to feel that back in Missoula. City Life Center is a great uh, cause to support as well. A great place for great, great gathering place for our community, especially for the youth of our community. So Absolutely, go out there and support them. Uh, four different Montana State athletes competing at the United States Track and Field. Uh, Olympic trials uh, uh, next week. That this actually starts tomorrow uh, in Eugene, Oregon, which was also the host of um, the NCAA Outdoor National Championships for the collegiate level. Duncan Hamilton, the headliner, he is uh, he's definitely in the mix uh, for at least a final spot or maybe even a spot on the Olympic team if he could really run an outstanding time. But he comes in uh, with one of the 15 fastest times in the country this year, not just collegiate, but all told, 
Isaac Bozeman native from Montana State in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Lucy Corbett, the outstanding high jumper who's also from Bozeman, will compete, as will Drake Schneider, one of the great long hurdlers from the Big Sky Conference, um, as well as Carly Von Heater, who is a native of Plains, Montana, Class C represent. She will throw the javelin. So congratulations to all of them. The uh, Olympic dreams of Catherine Burkoff, not quite over because she does have another, uh, she has she has the 200-meter backstroke remaining, but the Missoula Hellgate alum and one of the great prep athletes in the history of the state of Montana, she finished fourth in the finals of the women's 100-meter backstroke on Tuesday at the Olympic trials in Omaha, Nebraska. Burkoff swam 58.82 seconds in the 100 meters. She lost to Reagan Smith, who's a former world record holder, who uh, won by about half a second. Ryan White was second. Uh, but this heat was incredibly fast. Burkoff finished fourth in the final with the sixth fastest time in American history. So sort of unfortunate for her that she swam a top six time ever by a uh, United States swimmer and still was in one of the fastest heats in the history of the trials and gets fourth. So maybe she becomes an alternate for the team. you got to be top two to qualify for the Olympic team. But uh, still pretty darn amazing that a uh, sophomore in North Carolina State by way of Missoula Hellgate competing on the world stage, quite frankly, and uh, knocking on Olympic hopeful door. And uh, I think that she's young enough that she'll have another opportunity the next Olympics to circle back around. But she still does have the 200-meter backstroke um, as well. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, fun first hour, Joey Esch, who's a great mentor when it comes to all things youth golf, swung by the show. We also had some great analysis from Rajib Seabrook all about the Missoula Sentinel players that are headed to the collegiate level. And uh, also had a little bit of fun talking Paul McCartney, the cut on my foot, the uh, <laughs> the golf tournament that I won and the prize I don't want, and everything in between. So it's already been a fun Friday. But if you want to find anything from the first hour, go check it out on the podcast. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. All right, let's talk some NBA playoffs there, Rajim. Have you been watching? A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. So it's, a, it's an interesting playoff because... First of all, I think it's a testament to the depth that exists in the NBA right now because super-duper stars like LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, all of these guys' teams were eliminated in the first round. Nikola Jokic, the uh, MVP, his team swept in the second round. Yet, there are still superstars remaining in every, on, on, in, on every team, every team. In, in, that remains in the playoffs. I mean, first of all, I got a bone to pick. The commentators during the Jazz games have been trying to spin this narrative that Donovan Mitchell's like this blossoming star. Dude is a star. He's Dude, he's all, been a star. That's what I'm saying. He's already, I mean, he's the best player on the number one team in the West. I don't Dude, really. Dude, D. Mitch is nice. He's so nice. It's uh, it's unfortunate that he's been in and out of the lineup. Um, but it is cool that there's so many stars. Even with all the stars out, there's still all these stars that remain, whether it's Giannis Antetokounmpo or Joel Embiid or uh, Ben Simmons, who we're going to get to a little bit. He's playing his way right out of star status right now. Uh, make a free throw, buddy. How do you make $250 million and not be able to shoot free throws? It's incredible. We'll get to that here in just a minute, though. Is he related to John Starks? <laughs> John Starks. Have you seen the Dan Clores movie, Reggie Miller, Winning Time? Buddy, next. Next. The, the, yes. The, the John Starks line where they're going over when Reggie Miller had the epic, I think, seven points it in was three seconds or whatever. Sick. 
And John Starks has his famous line, did this dude just do this? Yeah, did this dude do this? It's one of the funniest lines in a documentary ever, man. Those Knicks teams were so sick, though, dude. The Knicks, the Knicks are knocking on the door of being sick again, but it is really, really good for the NBA when the Knicks are good, and it's it's the mecca of basketball. It's man. really, it's really sucked that the, they they've been so bad the last. It was twenty ever, twice, almost thirty. The minute they traded Patrick Ewing, it was like the curse. It they had the that pa- they had that good team in the, the the lockout season though, in like ninety eight. Allen Houston and Sprewell, Grandmama, Larry oh, Johnson, old school LJ. Dude, loved oh it. God, that was oh, those were good teams. I. It was the curse in New York. You trade Patrick Ewing away, you bring in Isaiah Thomas, and then you try to patch everything over with Phil Jackson. Recipe for a not-so-good-tasting sandwich. Yeah, and no. I, won't, I, won't fill, I won't fill in the blanks on that. It's, it's so true. Yes, sir. Um, regardless, there's a lot of superstars left, which is a, te- a testament to the uh, depth right now in the NBA. But... There has been a variety of guys that have been hurt, and in some cases, seriously. There's not been any um, solidified report of Kawhi Leonard's status. All we know is he hurt his knee. There's some speculation that he might have torn his ACL. That's the word I heard. But that that makes 10, count them, 10 guys that are all-star players that have missed some or all of the playoffs. Anthony Davis was out. LeBron James, James was hobbled. Was yeah. um, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's been struggling with the deal. Now Chris Paul has, maybe has COVID, or he's been in COVID protocols. There's all sorts of different things going on. But LeBron James took the NBA to task. And I won't read the full uh, tweets just because there's three of them. You can go find him. He's pretty easy to find on Twitter. He only has about 100 billion Who followers. Who is this LeBron James <laughs> you but speak of? Regardless, uh, LeBron basically said, hey, Hate to tell you, say I told you so, but we did not have the offseason we needed. There was only 61 days bef- between the end of the NBA Finals and the beginning of the new season. Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence to me that uh, every team that made any sort of run in the bubble was either didn't make the playoffs or was knocked out right away in the playoffs. They didn't have any gas. The Lakers got knocked out early. The Celtics got knocked out er- early. The Heat got knocked out early. And so I think LeBron has a valid argument. He also said, hey, nobody in the world knows how to take care of their body and the essential nature of rest than me. And he's right. He has mastered the art of making his body into a machine. And so when LeBron James, and I know a lot of people are hating on him right now. They're saying, hey, you're crying because you spilled the milk. You know, you, the Lakers are out in the first round. Like, but, but LeBron is right when it comes to his, his take on himself that he's the greatest athlete when it comes to knowing his body. And so when LeBron says that he knew that this was going to happen, that guys were going to break down. I mean, it seems like he's nailing it because a lot of the best players in the league have suffered injuries that have been detrimental to both themselves and their team. Correct. And it's, it's anytime you have a grueling season that long and you only have 61 days in between, especially amidst a pandemic, which sort of threw things into a tizzy to begin with, that's a lot of stressors on the body. Um, I, 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 I'm going to agree with them. I think there there should have been more time. It would have been better for the league, but we know what drives that need to get the season going, and it's it's that almighty dollar. With that being said, it'll be interesting to see what comes into fruition next year for next season when people have the time for rest. We're not dealing with world championships or an Olympic situation again. Um, it, it'd be, it, I agree with Braun. Even, even though I want to disagree with him a lot, I agree with him in this situation wholeheartedly. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanez hey, hey. in studio. 
it is uh, easy to forget it. It's Olympic year. And this is going to hurt the Olympic team a lot because a, a lot, lot of guys are not going to play. Yeah. Damian Lillard is. Bradley Beal is. Yep. So those are two big pieces. But I, I absolutely guarantee you LeBron James is not. Mm-hmm. He probably actually, that's actually sad. I never actually even considered that. LeBron James will probably never play in the Olympics again. No, that and that's exactly kind of why I, I bring it up. Some of these greats that would have been on the team, this is it for them. Yeah. If they don't play on this team, they're, they're, they won't ever be an Olympian, uh, an Olympic uh, participant again. But again, it's they're not playing for the Olympics. They're playing for the NBA, and they want to preserve their bodies. Three series remain in the NBA playoffs right now in the conference semifinals. The Suns are the first team to advance to the conference finals. They are in as the number two seed in the West after sweeping the Denver Nuggets uh, in, in this conference semifinal round. But the other three series that are still going, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are the top seed in the East, versus the Atlanta Hawks, the four seed. Atlanta, after rallying from 26 points down in the second half in Game 5, uh, now holds a commanding 3-2 to lead. By the way, it's a great statistic that I stole from Mike Greenberg, Greeny, who uh, hosts the daytime radio show nationally here on ESPN Radio. 83% of the winners of Game 5 in series that are tied 2-2 two to two go on to win the series. That's why they call it the pivotal Game 5. So, Atlanta, you say, okay, 3-2 to two is not necessarily a commanding lead. It is a commanding lead uh, when you were the one that uh, captured that pivotal Game 5. And so now the 76ers, their back's against the wall. That game tips here in about 15 minutes. The other game tonight, Utah Jazz at the Los Angeles Clippers. L.A. has won three straight, and they are up 3-2 to two in this series, despite Kawhi Leonard not being uh, available the last two games. The third series that remains, which that game will take place tomorrow, um, and it's a game seven because Milwaukee took care of business last night. They rallied, and they beat Brook- the Brooklyn Nets. So the Bucks and the Nets... Playing for the opportunity to advance to the conference finals. That's tomorrow at 6.30. So, to me, it's been a while since we've had conference semifinals series like this where we've had, all, where we've had three of the conference semifinal series where the result will be big-time dominoes in the NBA. So, we'll start with the first game. To me, the, the Philadelphia 76ers are facing, I'm not going to say the biggest game in their franchise's history because they have a proud History and they have won the NBA championship before, and they've had great teams in the past. But it's the most pivotal game since they started what they called the process. The Philadelphia 76ers basically spearheaded this trend of tanking in the NBA. They were bad on purpose. They let everybody in the league know it. That takes a lot of cojones to do in Philadelphia because you are going to get this absolutely ruined by the media. Land of the Boo Birds. That's right. And but. You know, despite the the failings of Jaleel Okafor and Nerlens Noel and uh, Markel Fultz, they got it done with two potential superstars, one of whom is absolutely a superstar now in Joel Embiid, and the other whom certainly has the upside to be one of the great players in the league, but just can't seem to figure it out, and that's Ben Simmons. But I think, first and foremost, before we get in the analysis of Simmons, because I have a lot to say about him. Yeah, me too. But... This is a huge game for Philly because they already made a huge move when they fired Brent Brown. Mm-hmm. And they now and they brought in Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers coached them all the way to the number one seed in the East. And now they are fully on the ropes against an upstart Atlanta Hawks team that has literally no playoff experience whatsoever. To me, if the Philadelphia 76ers lose tonight, mm-hmm. it's, it's the spark that's going to light an explosive offseason. I truly think that they're going to completely remake this roster. They have to keep Embiid. He, he has finally blossomed into what they thought he could be. He was the runner-up for the MVP this year. He is the dominant, true center in the league right now. But 
I think that they have a lot of roster moves that they w- could and will make if they lose uh, this. It, it, not even tonight. If they lose this series, I think it, it's a. Uh, I think it's a blow it up and start over while building around Embiid in, it, going in the offseason. I agree with you, and I liken the 76ers to the majority of the teams that are in the Western Conference. It's all about to go down when you look at. The Clippers, parts of aspects of the Lakers, Golden State. There's about to be a major shakeup, not just in Philadelphia, but across the league. There have been these nucleus of teams that have been together the last three or four seasons that just can't either get over the hump or start knocking on the door to try to get into the playoffs. And it has there's there's gotta be some movement within the league to not only create parity, but to get guys in better positions to win. Um to me, going back to Ben uh, Mr. Simmons, he's gotta go. And I and I and 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 I say that because him leaving helps Philadelphia, but him leaving might help himself as well. That's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas. It's hey. 1029 ESPN Missoula. You listen to Nuanas now, your favorite daily sports talk show. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for being with us. No matter how you're consuming the show, hope you're having a great Friday. Ben Simmons, his his True inability to shoot a basketball. John Starks. <coughs> Sorry. No, dude, but like, like that's an insult to John Starks, man. Ben Simmons cannot shoot, shoot man. I he know. Can't he shoot. can't Like, it's not even an exaggeration. Like, we're better shooters than Ben Simmons, man. He can't, can't shoot. shoot. The Rock. I don't get it. It's, it's actually crazy. And that overshadows the fact that I actually think Ben Simmons is one of the five best athletes in the entire NBA. I think he is the single best perimeter defender in the entire league. He is the only dude that can straight up check LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kevin Durant. Consistently. Consistently. I mean, he is he has the best foot speed, the best lateral quickness of any guy that's six foot ten or taller in the NBA, and one of probably the best uh defensive skill sets of anybody that tall in the history of the league. He's an unbelievable I mean, as far as guys that are six ten or taller that can guard on the perimeter like that. Yeah. I, I, there's not very many not ever. Many. I mean, not really many in there ever. Most 6'10 guys are rim protectors. He can protect the rim, too, though. That's what's yeah. crazy. There's only one guy that comes to mind. Who's that? Rodman. Rodman's good. Dennis the Worm, baby. I love that guy. Hakeem Olajuwon, if he played in today's NBA, maybe Ooh. just because his feet were, his feet his were, so, good. were so good. But, um, but anyways, I totally agree with you with Simmons, though, too, because... First of all, he is a horrific fit for Joel Embiid. If you got Embiid, you need Embiid to run on the block, you need to throw him the ball, you need to get out of the way. Well, if Embiid gets doubled, now the 76ers are playing three on five because Ben Simmons can't shoot. And people aren't even playing for him to shoot. Ben Simmons stands outside the perimeter with alone 10 feet between him and his defensive player. So you can you can basically double off of Simmons yeah. to Embiid all day. Yeah. And so it kills Embiid and also kills Simmons. Yo, know, he looks like a middle school boy at a at an eighth grade dance. He's just standing there by himself. <laughs> the the uh the probably the biggest knock on Embiid is his physical conditioning. I think if he could get into Agreed. A, if he could get into elite shape, he'd be I a think, monster. I mean, he already is a monster. I mean he you know, he was twenty eight and fourteen this year. I mean he's he is a monster, but if he was in elite shape, they could run it a lot more. But that's what I'm getting to is I think that Ben Simmons, if he could get into a high-octane team, like if he played for the Hawks instead of Trey Young, but the, but then here's the number one fit, though, I think, for Ben Simmons. The New Orleans Pelicans. Because Ben Simmons and Zion Williamson would be amazing. Because yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to throw Zion the ball on the block. You get Zion on the ball out in fa- transition. transition. If Simmons was surrounded by rim runners and guys that could fill the lane and get rim to rim, like Clip Capella or oh, but, one but of I my mean, favorites. But I mean, Zion is the prototype for that. True. I just think that I mean, but if the Pelicans were to go that route, then 
you would have the literally two worst shooting stars in the league on the same team in Lonzo Ball and Ben Simmons. Good. Not only like the worst shooting, but like ugly forms Just too. Ugly Just ba- it's like watching a T Rex and a Croc shoot basketball. His little short arms and so stuff. So regardless, though, ben, I think that the ship has sailed of Ben Simmons ever becoming Agreed. a functional shooter within the scope of an offense. But dude, you have to figure out how to make your free throws. Like Shaq was a horrific free throw shooter. He's legitimately, literally, statistically twice as good of a free throw shooter as Ben Simmons. And his stats are horrible. The ladies other, and gentlemen. the other night, Ben Simmons became the first player in the history of the NBA in a regular season or playoff game ever, ever. The league has been around for eighty years to miss ten free throws in a game. That is an amazing statistic. No player has ever missed ten free throws in a game. He went four of fourteen from the free throw line testament to him to get in the line that much, but if this guy is even a 50% free throw shooter, he's getting his team over the top. He has missed, this is another amazing stat, regime. Ben Simmons has missed more free throws in this playoffs than the other all of the other remaining teams. Combined. Like, he has missed 45 free throws. That's twice as many free throws as the entire Brooklyn Nets have missed in this entire playoffs. It's just so bad. He And, and the other thing is, the, because of his lack of aesthetic appeal, Unless he's getting in the rim or getting out in transition. Right. He's also killing himself from a brand perspective. He is. Because he's a former number one overall pick. He's a good-looking dude. He's got a good backstory. Yep. And he's not getting any endorsements because he's not fun to watch play. No, it's ugly basketball. And when it's ba- and, and with anything in life, when it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it's bad. And right now, he's he's like a bad boyfriend or a bad girlfriend. Like you, It's just like, man, like, zoot alors, en français. Like, let's go, man. Like, he, like... You are making this amount of money. Go get a go get a little guru. Go get a, a shooting coach. Go do something, homeboy, because you are literally dysfunctioning your way out of the league by the game. Roger Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas in studio. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The other dynamic, and this this just popped into my head because there was actually a trade. We were talking about the offseason moves. The first domino fell today. The Boston Celtics traded Kemba Walker oh, I love him. For a, in a package to get Al Horford back to Boston. You'd say, well, why would you trade Kemba Walker, who I do think is a little bit on the downhill, but is still a great player. Severely underrated. And Al Horford is, is on his last legs. Al Horford is a 15-year NBA veteran. He won't be in the league for more than maybe a couple more seasons. Right. But I think that... It's one thing that makes me happy because there's been so much vitriol and debate and analysis about super teams and superstars rallying with each other. And, you know, the way that the Miami Heat did it and the way that Kevin Durant went to the Golden State Warriors. Yep. That left a bad taste in a lot of NBA fans' mouths. But then it became the trend, and now everybody's tried to do it. I find it both fascinating and affirming that most super teams that have been assembled over the last couple years have fallen flat on their face. Obviously, if you can assemble a super team that involves LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you have a tremendous chance to win the championship. I mean, in my opinion, those are two of the four best players in the league, and I think that Anthony Davis is the best player in terms of complementing LeBron James that he's ever had. I'm not saying he's individually a better player than Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh, but in terms of what LeBron does well... And what Anthony Davis does well, I think Anthony Davis is the best complimentary player for LeBron that he's ever played with. I'm going to agree with that. And that and that gives you a chance for sure. But Lakers aside... What, you know, J.R. Smith don't get no... <laughs> <laughs> Lakers aside, we've seen these quote-unquote super teams the last couple of years fall apart. And I, I, we saw the Houston Rockets fall apart when they had Chris Paul and, and James Harden. We've seen the Boston Celtics had as many assets as anybody in the league. 
But I, what I'm getting at, though, is the trade for Al Horford, I think some of these NBA teams are starting to figure out. If you have a several young superstars, but you don't have anybody that can teach them how to operate like a pro. The glue that binds. It's what's happened in Philly. They've let these two guys grow in both positive and negative fashions, but they've never had a, a veteran to say, sit down, son, here's how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's so important in the NBA. Like I listen to a great pod. Do you ever listen to All the Smoke with oh, uh, Matt Barnes? And, that's and, a good one. Uh, and uh, who's, who's the other guest? Oh, Stephen Jackson. Stephen Jackson. Uh, great podcast, by the way. Such good perspective. Those guys um, are totally different than most NBA podcasters because they're from completely different backgrounds than most guys that have uh, NBA-type podcasts. But they're very awesome, and when they have players on, they're great. But... Um, Richard Hamilton was talking about Rip Hamilton. Rippy boy, was talking, UConn was talking about how when he was a uh, a young player in Washington, mm-hmm. how important it was to have Rod Strickland on that team, and how much Rod Strickland <laughs> taught him to be a pro. And you need it. And you this is why Chris Paul, more than any other skill, is absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer because Chris Paul can go teach guys how to be pros. Like mm-hmm. when, where then there was a narrative that Chris Paul might be traded to the 76ers, that would have been so good for that them. That would have been so good for because them. Because Chris Paul would whip Ben Simmons into shape. He would make Joel Embiid be a freak. He would make him come in in perfect condition. But that's what the Celtics are realizing is that your best players can be Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but those dudes aren't dogs. They haven't learned how to do it yet. So you got to get Al Horford in there. Even if Al Horford's only a 10-point-per-game guy, he can tell you these young bucks, yo, sit down, shut up, here's how we're going to do it. And that's why I think always... For so long, LeBron James has wanted the James Joneses and the Mike Millers and the Ray Allens more than he wants. Like the, I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope is way better off the bounce and way better as a perimeter defender. Kyle Kuzma is too, but LeBron doesn't trust you and he doesn't believe in your ability as a professional. That's why LeBron likes the old guys. So I think, I guess the point is, it's making me happy that the NBA is returning to understanding that roles and and veteran elements and leadership. You're, I guess what I'm saying is your leader doesn't have to be your best player and your best player doesn't have to be your leader. leader. I wish I wish that that would transition to the NFL for quarterbacks. Uh, talk about, you know, throwing throwing a kid into the gladiator pit. I wish that the same thing that you're talking about with the NBA would parallel to NFL quarterbacks and sometimes wide receivers as well. This, this ability to press them in, get them in, do now, perform better. If you don't have that wise sage, that shaman, that natural mystic, that father or mother figure on that team, it's all for naught. Um, um, it's 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 when you when you have so much youth and no experience, you don't know how to deal with adversity because you're too darn young to understand what it is. You haven't been, you haven't dealt with it yet. Um, one thing going back to the Knicks teams that I that 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 you spoke about. Um, some of those point guards were only good because Maurice Cheeks was there to speak to him. Right. Derek Harper was there to talk to him. Rolando Blackman was there. Right. You know, Rod Strickland, former Nick Washington guy. Like yep. when you have these guys have been like, look, man, you got all the talent in the world. But if you don't know how to facilitate that and make it uh, go to your benefit, then it, it's all about the chagrin at that point. So having that wise sage, Al Hart, also a fan favorite, that that's something that gets them into Like For when sure. you have an old face that comes back and the fans appreciate what you do, sure. those young cats look at it. Why is this person being enamored and I'm the superstar? Let me sit down and listen to this and break bread with this man. Nuanas now. Rajim Seabrook joining me. Coulter Nuanas in studio. All things NBA. More of it right after this. Keep it right here. Let's go. 90 ESPN Missoula.
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. One, two, three. That is now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanez, in studio. We do this together each Friday, and we do it, I do it, from 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday on ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, the largest inventory of trucks. Anybody in the Pacific Northwest, they have, I was just down there yesterday, they have more trucks than anybody in the state of Montana, I think. They have so many trucks, so go check them out. It's right there on the corner of Stevens and Mount, uh, brand new to Missoula, and uh, they're happy to be here because they know that people around here love their trucks. That's their slogan, trucks, trucks, and more trucks. If you want to go check out their trucks, go do it. Thanks so much to Northwest Motorsport for being a great sponsor here of Nuanas Now and the presenting sponsor of our ESPN Missoula studio. The, the 76ers created this formula that included tanking, but also I think had, the tanking part was exhausting, and I think that teams around the league know that they have to be careful to go all in on tanking now because it, it can ostracize and alienate your fan base. But it also brought forth a, a great trend in front office management in the NBA, and that is the acquisition of assets. When you acquire assets, whether they're draft picks or young players or whatever, then it basically creates a window for you to have success. That's why I think that tonight's game between the 76ers and the Hawks, it might be the end of a window if Philadelphia was to lose. But the team that played the asset game better than any team in the league was the Boston Celtics. They acquired endless quality draft picks. They then used those draft picks to draft great players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, the Celtics were playoff teams that then were, their assets were so good that they were getting the number two and three picks without having to tank. They were still good in the playoffs, and then they get mm-hmm. guys like Tatum and Brown. And then they have a roster with guys like Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker. Almost an embarrassment of riches. Well, they make it to the conference finals a couple years in a row with that core, but now they've declined. The last two years, they have not been as good. And I think that the Celtics are facing a huge dilemma because if you had all those assets and you did it right and then you squandered some of the assets and then you still have no finals appearances to show for it, it's a tough situation to be in. And on the flip side of that coin is one of the other um, teams that's left in the playoffs that also plays tonight, 8 p.m. tip on ESPN National. We'll have that game for you as well. The Utah Jazz versus the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers did the opposite of what the Celtics did. They leveraged every asset, all their future assets, all at once. For the now. For the now. Last year and this year. And last year, coming up short. Now this year, I think it puts a gigantic amount of pressure on the Clippers because 
if they don't win it all this year, which I don't know how they're gonna, if they're Kawhi not Leonard without really, Kawhi, sorry, exactly. I think that's it. That's all for the Clippers, and the Clippers were the embarrassment of professional sports, both because of Donald Sterling's horrific business acumen, but also because of Donald Sterling's horrific soul as a human. Or the lack thereof. Exactly. Sorry, folks. Exactly. I mean, that podcast that Ramona Shelburne did is one of the most sickening things I've ever heard. Heinous is the word I wanted. It it was crazy, man. And like to think of some of those 2000s NBA Clippers teams, too, and to think of him treating these guys like, like pieces of meat, like he would bring people in the locker room and show off their bodies and like treat I mean like chattel slavery literally I mean sorry I'm just throwing it out there like that's for sure man and but to think of the guys on that team though like the dudes that were straight like from the streets like Quentin Richardson and Lamar Odom and Corey Maggette like this dude is so lucky that they didn't didn't literally kill him his proverbial you know what (laughs) yeah man I can't even believe that like the fact that like Lamar you know Lamar O's from Long Island man like he he grew up on the streets like he did not have parents like he did not have a car none of that stuff and I just can't believe it but regardless once Donald Sterling was basically forced out as the Clippers owner and then Steve Ballmer took over, we had then the origins of Lob City and Doc Rivers did a great job of, of sort of riding the franchise's ship. And then the Clippers knocked on the door for a little while because the Lakers were down yep. as the team in L.A. They're never going to be the team in L.A. The Lakers never. are always going to be the team in L.A. But they were the more successful of the two teams for about a half a dozen years there when they had Chris Paul and, and Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, those teams. Mm-hmm. But... I think this year, if if it does fall flat on uh, if it does fall flat and Ka- Kawhi Leonard cannot return and the Clippers don't make it to the conference finals or don't make it to the finals, then I think that that's it. I think that we could see a complete reversion of the Clippers because it, if they blow this up, they don't have a way to rebuild it though because they, they already don't. traded all their draft picks. Well, it's going back to what I talking about before the break, like much like the Philadelphia 76ers, um, Houston did it. The Clippers are going to do it. Eventually, here in another year or two, the Lakers are going to have to do it. Golden State, like almost every team on the West Coast is going to go through some sort of transformation because they've either, like you said, given up the farm for certain players or they can't afford what's still there. So the West is going to be, the the, the complexion of the league is going to be very different in a a year from now. Keep an eye on, this is going to sound crazy because they had the worst record in the NBA. You heard it here though first. The Oklahoma City Thunder have such an opportunity because if and when the Clippers implode and get rid of their assets, mm-hmm. they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Absolutely. Unless, unless they can lure some sort of big-name guy there. Who? Exactly. They already did it, and it didn't work. And it didn't work. Or it worked one season. Right. And the, the, the narrative of some of the best guys returning to L.A., that ship sailed, too. James Harden is, is, is probably not leaving Brooklyn now. He's going to be with the Nets probably until the end of his career. And even if he does return to L.A. somehow, because he is an Inglewood guy, then it, it, it will his best years will be behind him. Yep. Russell Westbrook's also an Inglewood guy. Yep. Those best years are behind him. He's If he was to return to the Clippers, that's not the answer. You're still If you just have Russ, you're not a playoff team. So what I'm getting at, though, is why the Thunder? Well, the Thunder got... When the Clippers unloaded... All of their draft picks, basically, for the next four years. The Oklahoma City Thunder got seven of them. So if the Clippers coincide and are simultaneously bad while these picks are hitting, now the Thunder are taking all these picks. If the Clippers are getting top five picks, the Thunder are going to put them right in their back pocket. And so it might be the shrewdest move ever. And so this one year of the Thunder being the worst team in the league... 
it, it's the better version of tanking. They didn't lose on purpose. They acquired a bunch of assets. They assembled a young roster, and now they have an opportunity to go out and uh, rebuild this thing fast. And if the Clippers are bad, that will then, in turn, accelerate the thunder rapidly. Well, you and I have discussed this before. You can have all the picks, all the money in the world. A lot of it is who are you going to lure to Oklahoma City? Right. So, like, now now you're, you, you know, once you take it but away. But if you can draft them, though. If you Drafting is totally, a draft is a draft, but right. what you can also now do is take those draft picks and use it as fodder for the cannon for trades. Right. You know what I mean? Like the way Danny Age was able to procure through all that wheeling and dealing, when you have that many cards on the table, you can control to, you know, manifest your own destiny in that regard. The, the thing that Oklahoma City has to do is be careful that they don't rags their own riches. And what I mean by that is you have this great opportunity to kind of go from the outhouse to the penthouse, but are you going to be able to do it in a successful way? Unlike some of these other teams have done it in this, you know, the shot in the, you know, shot in the arm uh, proxy. Are you going to be able to do it for the longevity, especially when people are, you know, it's two and done one and done. Are you going to be able to do it for the long haul outside of drafting them? Nuanas now, 1290 ESPN, Missoula. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio. It's the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks so much for Northwest Motorsport for being a part of our show. The other thing, I can't believe this isn't getting more national play. I don't actually know if a lot of basketball fans even realize this. Not this, the upcoming NBA draft, but the next one is going to be a one-of-a-kind situation we have literally never seen before and that we will literally never see again. It's the double draft. The NCAA and the NBA have agreed to get rid of the one-and-done rule. Mm-hmm. You no longer have to go to college. That will hit. That agreement was made several years ago, but that will hit in 2022. Yep. So now you're going to have all the one-and-done guys that are the last one-and-done guys coming out into a draft that then also includes high school guys for the first time in 15 years. This is going to be an opportunity for teams to really stack it. So you have, now you can go get... It's just going to double the amount of elite prospects in the draft, and so it's going to make it a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So if you have assets and draft picks in that draft, it could completely remake the entire NBA. Yeah, my only issue with having some of these high school kids, unless you're, you know, Kevin Garnett or Moses Malone, like, you're taking a huge gamble on a kid, like a baby. But they have such prodigious talent. I I actually did. I hear you. We did this segment before. I think there was something about about four dozen, maybe close to 50 high school kids that were drafted between when Sean Kemp sort of kicked down the door. But then, obviously, the, the, the real... A trend of it started with Kevin Garnett, and then the next year, Kobe Bryant, and then it was like three or four high school guys were getting drafted every year. Well, Tommy Brown was the worst, but go ahead. But th- but that's exactly right. So, of those guys, though, I think Ryan Tutel and I actually did this segment. I think it was some, somewhere around 60% of the guys became successful NBA players, and about 50% of them were all-stars, and about 40% of them were Hall of Famers. Because you got to think, I mean, Kevin Garnett's one of the top 25 players in NBA history. Kobe Bryant is one of the 10 best players in NBA history. Moses Malone. Moses Malone is a gr- was the pioneer of all of yeah. this. But I mean so many other guys that were out. Stammy, Tracy McGrady. I mean there was a lot True. there was a lot of really good like most the most guys were like Zach Randolph or or Jermaine O'Neal were just good, solid pros, whatever. Solid, yep, nothing spectacular. But like Kwame Brown, have you been seeing him on Twitter lately? I don't do the Twitter because he thing. he's been calling out everybody for what because, calling him out for lunch because everybody says Kwame Brown's a bust and Kwame Brown. I think his take is awesome, man. He's been he, he said to people, hey, first of all, what eighteen year old kid could get drafted by the Washington Wizards and play with cantankerous, mean? Angry, over the hill Michael Jordan as a rookie. This dude's straight trying to chase you out of the he league. He abused him. Abused him. He abused him. And yet he still 
lasted. Like Kwame Brown said, he said, you can say I was number one overall pick and I'm a bust. He's like, I played 13 years in the NBA. I played in the playoffs 11 times. I averaged 12 points per game in the NBA. You could say you want me to average 20 and 10. Well, like uh, his, his parting line has been, yo, I made $72 million. I'm from the projects. I bought my grandma and my mom a house. You can call me a failure all you want, but I played in the NBA for 13 years. You guys can go screw yourselves, basically, is what he says. So, I, even that, though, that's the thing. Is Kwame Brown is considered one of the great busts in NBA history. He's still playing the league for 13 years. Most high school guys don't. They, but they make it at least a little a bit. bit yeah. Like a little bit. They at least, like, you're going to play in the league for a while. The thing is, you're obviously so talented if you're a lottery pick out of high school. So people, that, that's the other thing. You're going to get way more chances than everybody else. Like, because of the youth. I mean, Kwame Brown, he, he got chances over and over again. Andrew Bynum got chances, constant chances. Part of part of what made Kwame Brown have so many chances is the fact that Michael Jordan handpicked the kid. So there was, even though Michael winded up hating him, he handpicked him. So he kind of had this like grace of protection over him because that was Michael's pick. Uh, well, Kwame Brown actually said something very interesting as well, though. Uh, he said that that was the narrative that was spun, but in reality, Jordan was always telling him. I only drafted you because I want to trade you for Elton Brand, which is ironic that Michael Jordan would want to trade for a Duke guy as a North Carolina yeah. guy. But uh, if that is true, it does make a lot of sense uh, in terms of why Jordan was so hard on him and maybe why Kwame Brown had his confidence uh, killed early on. Uh, some other guys that were drafted into the NBA. Darius uh, Miles. Out of high school. I mean, he, he was sort of a bust, but I mean, the run of of the um, mid to late nineties: Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, Jermaine O'Neal, Tracy McGrady, Rashard Lewis, uh, Darius Miles, Deshaun Stevenson, and Deshaun Stevenson was kind of a bust. But yeah. I mean, Tyson Chandler, Amari Stoudemire, LeBron James, like all those Dwight Howard, those guys are all pretty darn good players, man. Amari, Al, Al Jefferson, Stud. Josh Smith. I mean, any of the guys that maybe didn't quote unquote fulfill their potential. Mm-hmm. It was because of injuries, man. It wasn't because of immaturity. Or bad, just bad teams or right. bad organizations. Right. Totally. 100% for sure. The last uh, series to analyze, Milwaukee at Brooklyn. That game, the Game 7 takes place tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. We'll give you a little preview of that and a preview of the weekend slate here on ESPN Missoula. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula.
get it. Happy birthday, Paul McCartney. You're pretty okay at music. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula. You and I are going to swing fists after the show, man. <laughs> Do you know Tommy's like a Taekwondo uh, master? I don't know, but you about to find out, son. Yeah, well, you know, I done I done a little bit of Taekwondo and a lot of boxing and Muay Thai, so I'll uh, I'll take my chances against most. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Rajim Seabrook joining me in studio. We do this together each and every Friday. I do it from 4 to 6 p.m. Right here on ESPN Missoula. Monday through Friday. If you missed anything in today's show, it's been a fun show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked all things NBA. We talked about the East-West Shrine game, particularly the Missoula kids that are playing in the East-West Shrine game this weekend. We'll have updates for you on Monday about how the uh, one of the great all-star games, our high school football all-star games in the state, takes place. Uh, it's happening in Billings tomorrow, and uh, we'll give you an update on that. We also had Joey Esch in the studio Joey's a great mentor of youth golf uh, and a great uh, grower of the game here uh, in Western Montana. And then we'll be talking pretty much all things NBA here in the second hour. All of today's show and all of all of the Nuanas Now's uh, post-live broadcast can be found on the podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Before we have a couple more thoughts on this uh, upcoming Game 7 between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. what's your perspective on these YouTube guys that are doing these fights and making more money than is even possible to make, but in a non-valid boxing match? These are not boxing matches. This is like the WWE. It's not, I, don't even, I can't even call it like street brawls. Like It is just straight... Middle school, like meet me behind the sugar mill, like right. swing haymakers, and I mean um, almost Floyd, like sissy fights, man. Like it's Floyd been, Mayweather took what whatever, is this about, man? I mean Floyd Mayweather took whatever um, Paul brother he fought. I don't even, I can't even tell the difference from these guys anymore. <laughs> but he took him apart and he knocked him. I thought he knocked him out once, and he caught him and like held him up. And then this thing is a no decision because there's no judges. And, yeah, it's <laughs> barbaric. Oh, it's just so frustrating because boxing. In its finest, it's a beautiful sport. It's one of the great sports ever created. It's one of the most pure sports. It it should be still one of the most popular sports, but it's not. And there's so many different sins that have contributed to that, from poor judging to gambling to Don King, organized crime to promotions to all these different things that have have really hurt the sport. But now the fact that there's these guys that are doing a mockery of the sport, but also largely confusing non passionate people about boxing. There's so many people that. I, I get it. If you like this because you think it's entertainment, that's great. But think of it as entertainment because this is not... It is not a sport. It's not. It's different. It's substantially different than the actual true sweet science that is boxing. So frustrating. I'm glad we're on the same page on no, this. No, I love boxing. And I and Ryan and I did a show about three years ago about why boxing in America is just faltered. And one, boxing in America is only liked when we have a strong, eloquent, well-spoken heavyweight. Look at the yeah. look at the history of, of of boxing and when it was at its popular. When you had a, a a good boxer at the heavyweight level that was an American, people were more invested into boxing. Um, the other thing that, no pun intended, boxing took a hit. MMA took a lot of uh, steam yeah. away from boxing. Well, so did the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and 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 also, I mean, also the the one of the things that has hurt boxing, which is this is not a bad thing, is the desegregation of. Team sports, and this is obviously something that dates back decades ago. Absolutely, but well said. But truly, I mean, the best athletes in America in the first 
50 years of the 20th century were boxers mm -hmm. because that was the only opportunity that African-American men had mm -hmm. in sports because you couldn't play baseball. The NFL was not what it no. was. There was no black players in the NBA. Nope. The, baseball didn't break the color barrier until 1942. It was boxing or the Olympics. That's right. And so you had guys that, that rose up like Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson Joe Absolutely. Lewis, yeah, and the, but, Sonny Liston later. Yeah, you just have to think. And now with the just the, the first of all the exposure, the branding, all the stuff that goes with it for professional team sports, mm -hmm. it, it gra it's gravitating and pulling so many of our best athletes, particularly black athletes, to team sports and not boxing. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about some of the guys like. 50 years ago, Aaron Donald just would have been the heavyweight champion of the world. Now playing D-tackle, making $100 million for the Los yeah, Angeles Rams, totally, right? Like, totally. Khalil Mack would be oh, uh, uh, he'd be heavyweight champ, right? He'd be a Oh, he'd be such a... Ray Lewis would have been a good I mean, boxer. LeBron James probably would have been a boxer. I mean, I, I don't think LeBron has the, necessarily the, the physical uh, fighter spirit like that, but but the frame and the athleticism, you know what I'm saying, right? I'll whip LeBron. But, and like, think about George Foreman would have been a defensive end if he would have been He would have been a pulling guard. Are you kidding yeah, right, me? Right, he right. <laughs> sweep left, sweep right, right. Right, right. Like, Joe Frazier would have just been, like, the greatest short oh. yardage runner. I mean, he's a old oh Campbell 2.0, right? Like... So it's just funny the way that it's all evolved. Last thing here about the the Bucks and the, the Nets, I do think the fact that it's gotten to a game seven, this is a pivotal moment for Kevin Durant. Can he get over the top and lead a team to the finals all by himself? It's a it it could be a great story. He annoys me, but it still could be a great story. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, the Milwaukee Bucks they have one of the great centerpieces in the entire NBA and Giannis Antetokounmpo, the freak. But if they hit the wall again, I think they have some serious question marks. They have some serious questions to answer if they stall out and miss the conference finals for a third year in a row. Yeah, I, it's 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 uh, in sports. It's called that make or break year. Like if you don't make it, that team's going to get broken up. Same thing with the 76ers. So there's a lot on the line for both of these teams tonight. We'll see who comes out. You know who I'm rooting for. Give me those nets from Brooklyn, NYC, baby. Nuanas now, Regime Seabrook joining me. He'll be back next week. I'll be back on Monday. I don't even have any teases for you. I don't know what I got lined up, but we will have all coverage of the East-West Shrine game. Probably talk some college football as well and everything in between. So check us back out 4 p.m. on Monday. In the meantime, have a great and safe weekend. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Be good. New one is now. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.